Welcome to In the Know by Diane Schindler. This is Diane Schindler speaking. I'm the host of In the Know, the podcast show. I'm an author, a presenter, a solo nomad, a travel blogger, and a photographer. So this podcast show includes writing tips, travel tips, and my views of life from savvy and thoughtful to quirky and humorous. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to In the Know. This is your host, Diane Schindler. Purpose of In the Know, especially when we're interviewing authors and editors, is to elevate the voices of authors. And we have someone here today that's going to tell us all about how she elevates not only herself, not only her own voice, but the voice of authors, editor Bonna Hayes. She's a writer and an editor who draws on a professional career in training, marketing, and human resources to craft manuscripts for aspiring authors and help them publish their works. She has experience in communication, special events, seminars, and writing for print ads, as well as websites. Now, Bonna takes her writing art and translates it into a reader's experience, and her goal is to engage and enthuse the target market. She lives in Florida, and she's a member of the Florida Writers Association and a local writers group. Thank you so much for coming today and meeting with me and allowing me to interview you, Bonna. Welcome to In the Know. I'm so glad to be here today, Diane. This is a terrific opportunity for me and for J.J. Clark, the author that I represent most often. She's written two terrific books, and I'm happy to be here to talk about not, not only her books, but the experiences we had editing them and publishing them. And now we're in the midst of promoting them. So we cover the whole spectrum and uh, work together pretty well. I'm happy to be here to tell you about it. I'm happy that you're here. Now, Bana and I met at the Villages, and I also met J.J. Clark at the Villages. So we have like a triple love fest. <laughs> I remember sitting at a restaurant and going over what it takes to present a book, what it takes to present yourself as authors and as podcasters. So here we are. We're doing it. I know. I'm so happy. So tell me, tell me, how do you want to begin? You can tell me about J.J. Clark and how you two met and how this all began. Well, J.J. was, I, I met J.J. at a village writers group. I had gone there to write vignettes, which is something that I do. Um, I like to imagine that I write like Anne Lamott, and I find out after I've been to the writer's group that I don't write like Anne Lamott. (laughs) And JJ was writing a story, a true life story about her uh, father. The way our writing group worked was Each writer would bring 1,500 words and someone else would read the passage so that the writer could hear what the piece sounded like by a cold reading. So I took JJ's piece and read it out loud. She looked up and said, you know my characters. How do you know them? 
Oh. And it was from that point on that we started to connect. I was interested in your notion of reading out loud because, you know, when I taught writing, I taught expository writing at the college level, not fiction. And I would have the students read each other's writing aloud. And that's when they found out what it really sounded like. So that's a, a good perspective. Now tell me how it was that you began to work with JJ and her mystery thrillers. Well, the next thing I know is after we were reading different pieces aloud in the class that in the critique group that we had both joined, she invited me to meet her at Starbucks and talk more about taking her books and as she wrote them, I would edit them. Together, we would publish them and promote the books. And because of that conversation, we decided that we could have a business relationship and we could help other women with similar projects. Uh, tell me about her background, JJ's background, because she writes mystery thrillers and she really brings a lot of her background to those books. Isn't that right? Yes, she does. And what she does is draw on her extensive experience in law enforcement. She was a parole officer and an administrator at actually the largest penitentiary in the state of Missouri. So she knows how to handle a firearm. She knows how to handle criminals. And then what she does is she capitalizes on her degree in psychology to craft her characters and her stories. She's uh, actually draws on that experience and her dialogue is real to life. Hmm. So if somebody says, I pulled my weapon and fired it at him, she knows whether or not that's going to fly in real life. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's so unassuming, by the way, don't you think? Very unassuming. I had to say, how do you know what you're writing about? This doesn't sound real. And she said, believe me, I know it's, a, it's real. And she all pulls, out a, pulls out a holster with a gun in it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, okay. <laughs> you got it's it. Great, Julie, you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. She is writing a series and the protagonist is named Kate Anderson, correct? So it's a series and she's written two so far. And by the way, for the listeners, lots of information will appear in the episode notes. I'm going to have pictures of the um, covers of JJ's Dared to Return and Dared to Run correct? That's Those true. Two books. Yep, that's correct. And I will also have all kinds of information where you can, where you can reach Bonnie Hayes, where you can reach JJ Clark, websites, Facebook, and so forth. But tell me, you've gone to conferences and you've done a lot of things together besides editing and writing. We've kind of feed off of each other. While JJ is writing, I'm imagining how it will sound, how her books will look Um, when they're printed and online on Amazon. But we discovered a a real feel for actually marketing the book when we went to the Florida Writers Conference in Orlando two years ago. And we met a few people at that conference who were talking about how to market your books. We met a publisher who said, it's never been easier to publish books. It's never been more difficult to sell them. Mm -hmm. And we went to his panel about that. And the one thing we took away from his panel that was really important to us was, he said, publishers are looking for series, not just one book, but a series of books about a compelling character. 
And Julie and I had looked at each other and said, Kate Anderson, the mm -hmm. feisty young heroine who was a parole officer and who was stalked by a politically connected deputy sheriff. This year, we went to the same conference, and the focus this year was more on actually publishing books on Amazon, uh, getting an agent, having a tag that will, or a hook mm -hmm. that will attract an agent to be interested in your book. Julie went and met with an agent, and I did gong show where you took your what you thought was your 10-second speech and stood up in front of a panel of six agents and had them either celebrate your victory with a great tagline or gong you with a metal pot and a hammer. So, I was there. I watched you. Yeah, you did. Okay, that's right. You were at the conference. I was. So I didn't remember you being at the gong show. I don't know why. I think you were you were handling it so well. It looked like you had control of the entire crowd. Uh, well, I thought I did a good job. You did do a good uh, and, job. But I stood up and I said, "The Kate, uh, Kate is discovers an underground network of women who help her." escape when she is accused of shooting the sheriff. And with that, the agent said, now I'm listening. Ah. She didn't care that Kate was a bond investigator or that she had a great job and she was a college graduate. What she cared about was the underground network of women mm -hmm. helping her. That's great. That's yeah. That's really good. I wanted to touch on one thing before I talk to you about editing in a general sense. I know that JJ has entered and has become a semi-finalist for the Chanticleer Clue Award. Yeah, Chanticleer. Yeah, it's very exciting. First, she entered the contest with however many other books in the mystery section, which is the clue section, mystery mm -hmm. thriller. And uh, Chanticleer reviewed the book, came away saying it, this book has a gutsy, quirky story mm. and promote, you know, pushed it through the selection process to uh, through a semi-finalist and now it's a semi-finalist. And then um, it's actually a finalist in, in this category. Oh, good. Um, so we're waiting for word as we speak from Chanticleer whether she will be invited to the banquet that's going to be held in September. And so it was postponed because of the virus, wasn't it? The yeah. call was postponed. Yeah. Oh, Diane, everything was postponed. Yeah. So it was and supposed to happen in June. I th Are you going with her? Are you planning to go with her if she's selected? I don't think so. I think actually she's going to take her husband with her. So how do you like that? Yeah. You know? What was she thinking? <laughs> I've met him. He, he's going to, he'll be a great support and great fun for her. And you know, have you, you know, he's one of our biggest fans. I know. He, he reads her books. He gives us feedback about the different books. And actually, because they take place in Missouri, he is from Missouri. They both are. But he had found a couple of mistakes that we made. Ah. He said, that, that exit doesn't turn off on Interstate 25 there. <laughs> you, you need to fix this. <laughs> He's such a nice guy. You know, I was down at the villages presenting and JJ and her husband were kind enough to host me. So I stayed at their house and met him and we had a wonderful evening. So it was really gracious of them. And it hasn't been my experience that the husband and the wife 
necessarily are always in sync about whoever is the writer. So I think it's a really great relationship and a real plus for both of them. He is really supportive. He's supportive of her. He, he reads voraciously. And mm-hmm. he reads the kind of books that, like John Grisham. So we like that because that's kind of similar to J.J.'s style. And uh, when we get into the editing process, he lets us have the living room where we're working. And we're on the, <laughs> actually, we're at the kitchen table and going over, let's say we were going over a shooting scene. Mm-hmm. And there's a critical point in one of the books that talks about how the antagonist is shot and how Kate is involved in it. And I said, Julie, this just doesn't work because if the truck is parked there and Kate is here and the shot comes from there, this is not gonna work. And we're both arguing about the setup of the scene. You know, She's protective of her baby, it's the book, and I'm mm-hmm. saying, the reader will not understand. And he's just listening to all of this going on. And his response was, he, he gets something for us to eat and he leaves the room. <laughs> he's a great, great support, yeah. Yes, he is. Well, let me ask you now on to what you do. What are the three top tips about editing that you can offer our listeners? Oh, that's a great question. The very first thing that comes to mind is if you're writing, you need to know who you're writing for. Mm -hmm. What's your target market? Who are you writing for? Why are you writing it? And what's the purpose of writing? Like different types of writing, like fiction writing and blogging and memoirs are written in different styles and aimed at different audiences. Mm -hmm. So when you look at who are you writing for and why, does that, for novels, for example, so are you thinking about those who read thrillers for those who read mysteries? Is that your audience? That's true, but you even need to drill it down even further. Like JJ's books. At first she started by saying, I'm writing it for a woman who loves to go to book clubs and loves to read books and can read a book a week. And I want it to be a fast track read. Oh, I see. So that she can, you can actually say, okay, then it needs to be this long. It needs to be written in this kind of style. The dialogue has to be snappy because otherwise the reader will put it aside and not finish it. And you have to drip clues throughout the book Mm -hmm. so that the reader can be fascinated by the story. So her book is is specifically aimed at book clubs and discussion groups. That's great. So let me ask you about publishing, because you're involved in that as well. The publishing market has really changed. And how has it affected authors? Well, I think the really good news for authors is that they can take it, take something that they've written and create a book that is a lasting legacy of their work. But by the same token, I think it's also unfortunately made it easy for less than stellar work to be published. And I'm not really happy about that turn in the the marketplace. I understand that. And I think that it grew out of self-publishing. Self-publishing is a great way to go. That's what I did with both of my books. You can skip the whole editing process. That's an important, obviously an important step so that your book is, is the quality that you need. So now, so that's how it's changed from my perspective. There's no layer of uh, evaluating the, the, the quality of the work. And, and it really needs 
needs to be evaluated. I had somebody approach me about editing their work. It was very rough. It was a really good story. But I said, the very first thing you want to do is run it through a professional editing system. You know, some of them are free. Run it through Grammarly. Run it through ProWriter or AutoCrit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then make the changes and then enlist the help of an editor. And he didn't want to do that. He said, I'm not going to run it through and make 37 changes to a chapter. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not many. Yeah. 37 is not a lot to a chapter. <laughs> no. no. I said, that's not a lot at all. And then it, that's the point I'm making is that if there were a tip two, it would be you have to edit your work and you have to revise your work in order to make it quality. Believe um, me. You know. Not, you, are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know how that's going to come out on the recording, but I'm, <laughs> I'm writing this thriller and I've been in a novel writing class since I, a, a year. And I started the class after I began writing the novel and I had some challenges that got in my way, got in my way in the writing process. And I have leveled up my craft so much in the last year. I had the first draft completed in December and my plan was to do the second draft and have it already done by now. Well, heck, when I looked at what I had written, which I thought at the time wasn't bad, I still knew it wasn't bad, but it really sucked because... <laughs> because I didn't have the inciting moment in the right place. I wasn't clear on my wants and needs for my characters. I didn't have the arc. Oh my gosh. And so now the editing for me, just my second draft, I'm saying I'm, re I'm not only editing my first draft, but I'm writing. I have to write again because I've had to switch all things around. So, so what's my point? My point is editing is so important. And getting other eyes on, on what you've written is so important. What prompted JJ to write her first book, Yeah, that Dare was, to Return? That was her first, yeah. She wrote it because of what had happened to her father and that she found... He had been ripped off. And legally ripped off. And they just made a native blunder and put his, his wife's money in a trust... And then when she died, he couldn't get his hands on it. Here he uh -huh. is in a hospital room and he's sick and he wants to go home, but he doesn't have a house to go home to. <sighs> and the kids hadn't planned on taking care of him. And she just sat back and said, there has to be a crime in here someplace. Mm -hmm. And her writer's creativity took off and she wrote a chapter about him appearing in court and having no recourse to get his home back, oh which gosh. had been legally taken. So she, 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 she had, a, I'm sure she had a lot of passion in that writing for sure. She did. And she wrote it and she thought it was the most terrific piece she'd ever written. And she took it back to her critique group and they ripped it to shreds. Did they? <laughs> Would, yes. And were they, was she devastated there? Of course. Yes, she was. Uh, she, her, she, yes, she was a new, it was her new experience. And yes, she was torn apart. And she said, feedback is a gift. And that's why you do these critique groups. Yeah. And they said, this wasn't realistic. That didn't make sense. This part needs to be revised. Put this up here and that down there. Wow. And 
we actually, Diane, we both still belong to that group. Um, were they a really, really tough group? Or were they a really good group? I mean, were they a little off-center in their approach? Another, that's another great question. You know, you don't have to take all the feedback you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you could say, I agree with these three key pieces that these three people have given me as part of their analysis of what I've written. Other people might, you might say, they don't really understand my character. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not going to use that piece. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, that that's correction. interesting. You can pick and choose. And I, I understand that I'm in a couple writers groups and mostly they're good. Mostly their comments are really good and you know when it rings true. And then sometimes when it doesn't ring true, you need to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. That's true and too. And to see how that works. So as an editor, do you recommend automated editing programs? You, you referenced those earlier. I think they're terrific. I think they're wonderful as a first pass to run your, run your work through. Mm-hmm. It gets rid of common patterns in our writing that we often don't see. Um, for example, I'm in love with LY words. <laughs> Adverbs. He walked softly. Adverbs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He walked softly. He walked quickly. I love them. And, and inevitably, people say, if you're using an L-Y word like that, it's because you don't have the right verb. And those automated programs will suggest that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for your writing group to suggest it. You know, he strode. She tiptoed, you know, you don't, mm-hmm. yeah. Good, it just says good verbs. They recommend what words to use. They also will help with, we tend to fall in love with certain phrases and we reuse them and reuse them. And, and you can't and, keep track of that as an author when you're writing 80,000 words. How can you know? Your you editor can. knows. I use pro writing and I'm always surprised when it comes at 96. <laughs> You've got 96 <laughs> things to change. And that's only with a paragraph. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's only in the first chapter. Yeah, what? that's just no. 90, 96. You got to be kidding. And you know, I love alliteration. <laughs> and that's a no no too. I want to take a moment to thank all of you for listening and supporting in the know. I also want to invite you to join me for your very own interview, an opportunity to tell us about yourself, whether you're a business owner, a writer, a poet, whatever your story might be, we are interested in learning more about you. For more information, please check the show notes. You'll find my email address, my website, as well as the interview request form. I'm hunkered down here in Amelia Island, Florida, as we manage our lives through this COVID-19 pandemic. And because I've traveled all over the world for four years as a solo nomad, all by myself, that is, I feel like I've trained and I'm prepared for this isolation. I'm lucky that way. I'm getting a lot of work done, reporting podcasts, editing my thriller novel, writing a podcast book, and a couple of other projects. Most important, though, I'm thinking about you, all the healthcare workers and those working in drugstores, grocery stores, and all the essential businesses. I'm praying for all of you. Thank you. Stay well. I did ask you your first tip. What's your second tip as an editor? Well, the second tip would be the whole idea of editing and revising, going back and going over it and doing it. 
third tip I would suggest, say to people is good writing ain't easy. Mm-hmm. So you want to write for a certain target audience. You want to know what you're writing and why you're writing it and what kind of value it's going to bring to the reader. And that's number one. Number two is once you've written, now you have to go through the whole editing and revision process. And the third tip is that good writing ain't easy. I went into my writing group saying, I'm a good writer. People tell me all the time that I'm a good writer. (laughs) And I wrote a story about my precious cat. His name was Mittens. Mm -hmm. And the joy of Mittens was he always spoke the truth. So I told the story of Mittens. The writing was not good. (laughs) The the writing sucked, you know. (laughs) And you found that out pretty quickly. Were you stunned? Yes, I said, what do you mean point of view? What do I know about point of view? I love that. Yeah, yeah. point of view. I'm writing about the cat. The cat is talking. Is it the cat talking or is it the boy talking? Well, it's diff- here's, here's a classic. It's different in different parts of the story. Yeah, but we don't know that. Who's talking? The cat. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my gosh. I love your sense of humor, Bana. It's really good. Feedback is a gift. Those critiques are so good. And mm-hmm. and when you do them, you you do them weekly. You I mean, besides your editing, you're still and you are a writer yourself. Besides the cat story about mittens, you do some writing as well. The vignettes, are you writing a novel? Are you writing longer work? No novels. I admire people who write novels and 80,000 words and they can string all these things together like Julie. Julie knows where she's going with her book. She knows the characters are all telling Mm. her in her head. Me, I can barely get out. (laughs) And I remember my mother. (laughs) (laughs) So you're one of those and I love you, Bonner, so I can say this. So you can't, you can't do, so you edit. Oh, oh, right. What's the other point? Yeah. You can, yeah. So, you know, when I started, when I started teaching, I, t- I was teaching writing at the college level and I was so fearful. I thought those who can't write teach. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I edited the faculty development magazine for the, for the college. And so that got me over that hump into not the nonfiction hump. But then there's an, all kinds of other humps in fiction. Uh, learning from others, and uh, it's so invaluable. It really is. If you sit down and read and somebody says what they think and can learn so much and they don't have to necessarily be published writers, they can just be readers. And readers have a lot to offer. They look for, for example, in a mystery or a thriller, they're looking for those clues sprinkled throughout the book. Mm -hmm. And that determines frequently whether or not it's a satisfying read for them if they can find those clues. Yeah. Thinking about the description you had at sitting at JJ's kitchen table and arguing over the truck and the shot and the scene. So tell me, how do you and JJ get along? Most of the time we get along really, really well because uh, we're both storytellers. We love to tell stories. And so we like to talk about the characters or the stories we're writing or where we're going. We're also different in personalities. I'm an extrovert and she's a writer. She's an introvert. She generally likes to be in her head with her characters. Mm -hmm. 
were different in that regard. I was born and raised in New Jersey. So the way I talk is with a lot of head motion and my hands going and I'm saying, I'll be saying, what do you mean she shot him? And we don't know how she did it. And this is me talking to a woman who has just written the classic scene, an important scene in the book. And she goes, well, it's the way it's written. <laughs> now for the listeners, we have a video on, so you can't, unfortunately, cannot see the video. But when Bonna just said what she said, she had this frown on her face and her lips were curled like way it was written. So the nonverbal was really good. I thought I'd share that with the audience so they can visualize. You know, she's the author. She's written that book. That mm -hmm. book is going to be, that's part of who she is. But we do get to that point with working together where I have to be careful not to be too much of the Jersey girl, mm -hmm. because what's going to happen is she's going to res resort to digging her heels in the ground and saying, I'm not going to change it, even though you may say or suggest it needs to be changed. And frequently, I have to respect that. I believe that the editor must respect the author's words mm -hmm. and intent and their characters. Mm -hmm. But you have to retain the cadence mm -hmm. of the work. That the author's, the way he talks, the way the, the word is coming off the page, that's a cadence that you have to protect. Tell me about what is next in the Dare to line up the JJ books. Well, she has the first book that she, the one book, Dared to Return, is the one about Pops and getting his money stolen. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, I don't know if I mentioned, turns into a revenge fantasy. It's got a great, great ending. A very saddest. What would happen if you could have anything happen? Mm. So there's a satisfying ending to that great. book. Yeah. And then Dare to Run is about Kate is a parole officer. She gets accused of shooting a deputy sheriff, goes on the run to escape, helped by the network of women. She goes on the run from Missouri to Georgia and comes back because of a personal crisis. She comes back to Missouri. And the book ends like a cliffhanger in a TV series. You don't know what's gonna happen to Kate. and You don't know, it's not resolved what has happened with her and her friends. And right now, JJ is writing a short read for our super fans because the people who have read Dared to Run wanna know what happened. Uh -huh. And they wanna know now. Oh. And they don't wanna wait for the third book. So she's, so she's writing a short read, ah. tiny little book that's going to be published about what happened. And it's going to tell the story kind of like a personal insider story. The super fans that buy this little short read are going to know more about what happened with Kate and Susie and Reese. They're going to see parts of the story that are like outtakes in a movie. The scenes that didn't make the movie, but the fans all want to see them. How clever is that? What? We think it's brilliant. I know. It's brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Teaser. A uh -huh, little teaser, a little fun, so that when you, just like the book being designed for book clubs and people at the pool, and now you're going to be able to buy this little short read and be able to talk about Kate and Reese and Susie with your friends at the pool. Well, what's happening is we're finding also that men are reading the book. So I shouldn't just say, oh, the, you know, the women at the pool. 
You know, what's cool about what you said besides everything is that you said her readers want to know more. They can't stand it. They want to know now. Oh, I wish I could say something like that about my readers. But also the fact that you know your readers, you've heard from the readers, and you are responding to what they want. What a great way to build a relationship, not only to tell the story, but also to continue to build that relationship with the readers. It's really clever. Well, that's the other thing that Valerie Francis said on the podcast Mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. She talked about having her 100 fans and being in communication with them, being in, being connected with just those fans, because those are the base of who she's writing for. So now Bana listeners is telling us about the interview I did with Valerie Francis. Now, Valerie, so let me digress on that for a moment. I'll put in the show notes uh, a link to that interview. Valerie Francis is a certified editor from StoryGrid. She's a StoryGrid editor. She's written a book called Masquerade, and she releases one chapter at a time. And uh, it's a very clever way to go. So, and I may have said that she only uses 100 fans. It's like less, I know, that, I believe she said in the podcast, less than 300 fans represent her true fan base. And she wants to be engaged with them. She took a risk didn't she? She had many people who had signed up for her newsletters and, and all the other um, external communications that she's involved in. But when she looked at who was really engaging, she was, she saw that many people had just subscribed and never listened, or they subscribed and listened once. And she decided to pare down that list to those who were active. And then she went on to talk to them. What do you want? And those were the people that were very, very engaged. And I think that's an interesting perspective, isn't it? And it sounds like that a little a little bit of what you are doing too, Bonna, with JJ. I think that we're trying to do that. And I think we feel that that's going to be the way that we promote the books to a wider audience. But we really want to respond and engage with our super fans. Yeah, super fans. I love that. Before we leave this wonderful conversation, I'm going to have the address, your email address and so forth. Now they can uh, reach you and contact you. Because you are open to editing other books, correct? Oh, yes, I am. For me, it's kind of like I hear a symphony and I can tell whether or not the music is jibing together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can hear, I can read books and see that too. Good. Yes, they can contact me and I'm also happy to help people with questions about their books. I have a website. It's Mm bonahays.com. And my name is spelled B-O-N-A-H-A-Y-E-S. And I'll have that in the show notes. Well, this is perfect. Yes, this has been such a treat. And, you know, this is a precursor because JJ promised me the introvert that she is after I twisted her arm the last time I saw her, and I confirmed that most recently, she is going to, quote, appear on In the Know. Right. 
That's good. I know. Anything that you want to say before we end today? Well, I just would like to know if there's anything that uh, we can do to help you with what you're doing. This is a stunning question I hadn't even thought about. Are you talking about podcasting? Are you talking about writing? What are you talking about? Yeah, anything. Any, you know, I I just want to know that I want you to know and your listeners to know that we truly believe in helping other women help each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that you put women around a kitchen table and crazy things start to happen. That's a great idea. Well, I'll think on that and I'm sure I can come up with some. We're going to stay in contact anyway. Yes, I would love to do that. I would also love to have people go to Amazon, buy JJ's Dare to Run book. If people want her to do a book club or a presentation at a social group, she's available to do that. She wanted me to be sure to say that to folks. Excellent. Well, in the show program notes, I will have her biography and all her contact information. And uh, you are going to send me a headshot of both you and JJ so I can add those to the show notes and all the information you'd ever want to know and anything that I haven't listed, they can contact you or they can contact me and we will tie this up like with a big pink bow. Okay. That sounds terrific. Well, thank you, Bonnet. What a pleasure. And we learned so much today about editing as well as JJ and her books. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to In The Know. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing and sharing it with your family and friends. You can like this episode, leave a comment, and even add a rating. Your support is very important to the success of In The Know. Thank you for listening and see you next time.